Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. The panel. It is 10.24. I'm very pleased to welcome this morning Lavina Good and Andrew Gordy. We know Lavina Good is passionate about rugby league. We heard her stand in for Andrew Voss for two or three weeks, which was absolutely fantastic. Lavina, good morning to you. Uh, did you Were you privy to that uh, chat with Craig Hodges a moment or two ago? Yeah, I was actually. I was privy to it. And, uh, I mean, holy crap. The thing is, oh, good morning, boys, by the way. Smitty and Andrew, lovely to chat to you. Thanks for having me back on the show. Always nummy here. Appreciate it. That's all cool. I was having a, a chat to me old mate Kempe um, yesterday and I was talking about the Warriors' performance and, and we were talking about what they needed to do and the changes, etc., and everything that needed to be made. And it was so funny. I said, Kempe, the Warriors would have lost that, that game with the Sharkies having 10 players out on the pitch, not 11 or 12. The Warriors weren't in a great headspace to, to win that game. And, and the less players that the Sharkies had, the more that they wanted to dominate and move further forward in the competition. And the Warriors just didn't have it. So... They're in a real rut at the moment and they need to make a lot of changes culturally if they're going to be competitive this year and next year and the year after as well. And all I can say is thank God for who Harris is coming back because they need leadership. They need someone who's going to do the hard yards and get dirty and get hurt. It's a, it's a bloody hard game, rugby league, hey? Like it, it's so, so tough on the body and on the mindset and when you're putting in a crap performance, it's so hard to get out of that rut. But at some stage... You need someone to do the hard yards and say, I'm willing to get injured for the team. I'm willing to take on everything for the team because I want my team to win. And at the moment, the Warriors Smitty are playing like they don't want to win. They're not wanting to reward their fans. They're almost playing like, I hope we win. Gee, I hope we win. Geez, it'd be good if we could win. But they need more mana. And, and Tohu Harris is the man to bring that back for the Warriors. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Bring him back and maybe change a mindset for those players that have been putting in an under-par performance. Like I said yesterday to Kempe, they would have lost against the Sharkies if the Sharks had 10 players. It wouldn't have made a difference to them. OK, uh, I'm going to come back to you, Lavina, on the Warriors and their signings in a minute. But, Gords, what, what, do, what do you make of it? I mean, I don't think I've heard more uh, vilified comments uh, against the, the Warriors team, and I've, li- I've heard a few over the years, and there was over that performance last weekend. Our, the, the reaction and towards the shows across the board here at SCNZ have been mind-blowing. Yeah, morning, Smithy. Morning, Lavina. Morning to all the listeners as well. Um, really agree with a, a lot of Lavina just, uh, what Lavina just said there. Um, they, were, they weren't at the races uh, against the Sharks, and, and, and you're right, it almost felt like uh, you know, the, the more players that stepped off the field for the Sharks, the more it sort of, um, I think the Sharks could see that the Warriors just weren't in the right mindset to win and that kind of emboldened them as well. They, they could sense it themselves. You could, you could see the mentality of both sides playing out in front of you during that game and it was so obvious to anyone who was, who was actually sitting and watching that game, the Warriors just were not even going to get close to winning that game. Um, and, and like you, Lavina, 
I am so pleased that Tohu Harris is coming back for the Warriors. He is exactly the person they need. I've just got so much respect for this guy um, as a player, as a person, as a leader. And I really think that he is the one guy that they have missed so badly this year. Do you know why? Because he is the only player in that team who knows really what true high performance in the NRL looks like. He's, he's got a grounding with the Melbourne Storm. He's won an NRL premium. And in fact, off the, off the back of that 2017 victory, comes to the Warriors. That is exactly the kind of example that so many of these players need from top to bottom. And I'd almost go as far as to say the coach needs it as well. Because I, I think there's legitimate question marks over whether Nathan Brown is, is not just the right guy for the Warriors, but, but up to this level as well. Um, and if he can't inspire, then he needs a player who can. And I think Torhu is the one person in the squad who can come in and, and lead with his actions, lead with his words, and actually show these guys on the field the way forward because they, they desperately need it because they're not getting it from Sean Johnson at the moment. Sean Johnson is a lot yeah. of things, but I, I don't know that he is that guy for this moment. I can tell you what Torhu Harris would have done when Sean Johnson kicked the ball dead. So what the Warriors needed was possession and to score points, and Sean Johnson kicked the ball dead. Torhu Harris would not have accepted that. He would have gone off his absolute nut and said, mate, I'm busting my ass. I'm running the ball up twice in every set of six. I'm making more tackles than you've ever made in your whole career, and you kick the ball dead? You do that to my team? That's what Torhu Harris would have said to Sean Johnson. I don't think anyone said that to Sean Johnson at all after that game. I don't know, the fans are are quite upset with performances in general, but that leadership that we needed from Sean was not to give the ball away in that set of six by kicking it dead. And Torhu Harris is the man that would say, buddy, that's not good enough. I'm playing for my team, my country, my supporters, my game. That was embarrassing. Don't do it again. That's what Torhu Harris will say. Just mm, to interesting. That, okay. Go on because I, I know the, the Warriors are a hot button topic at the moment. But do you know what? This week they're coming up against a Rabbitohs side who are, and and I, I wouldn't almost say as desperate a situation as they are. They've got no Latrell Mitchell. They've lost their captain Cam Murray. Cody Walker is is absolutely lost without Adam Reynolds, and now he's being asked to be the captain of the side. They've they've got a real opportunity as as low as the Warriors are right now. I think there's, a, there's an argument to say that they've, they've, they've got an opportunity to win and, and beat a Rabbitoh side who ordinarily you would say they have no chance against. They do have a chance this weekend. Andrew Gordy, Lavina Good are the panellists this morning. It's 10.30, time for a quick news break. We'll be back with more very shortly. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. we're with Lavina Good and Andrew Gordy this morning. Uh, Both parents, of course, of uh, kids I hope are interested in sport. I assume they will be as they develop through their lives. Uh, And in terms of uh, secondary school sports and school sports in general, Sport New Zealand uh, yesterday, Andrew Gordy, uh, their voice of Rangatahi report believes a move away from one-size-fits-all sports structure will help grow engagement and participation of young people. Do you concur with that? Yeah, it's, it's amazing, isn't it, Smithy? You talk to kids about what, what they actually want and, and you might be surprised with some of the answers they come back with. Like, I, I applaud Sport New Zealand for actually taking this step because it's, it's desperately needed. Look, I, I'm, one thing I can, I can add, I suppose, from my own experience is that um, my, my, my son, uh, my eldest son anyway, really enjoys playing sport 
but I, it's, it's already quite clear to me he has no interest in being an all-black or being a black cat. But he does enjoy playing sport. He enjoys it on a recreational level. He likes having, um, basically, hanging out with his friends and being part of a team. That's what's important to him. And I think, I think sport really needs to start accommodating for, for that type of person because I see a lot of them. Um, on, a, on a Saturday, I can see lots of kids who absolutely want to want to be an All Black, but equally, there's lots of kids that don't. They're there just to, to have fun and have a good time. And if you only accommodate for the kids who want to be an All Black, that's where you're going to lose. You're going to, uh, uh, you know, whether it's at, at age 12, 15, 18, or whatever, those people are going to uh, are going to drop off. And that's where there's a big problem for, for lots of sports, in particular rugby. I, I really think. But, but I, I, I love what they're talking about here in terms of changing up the, the traditional way we look at how we accommodate sport. You know, the, the standard training Tuesday, Thursday and play on Saturday idea, I think that really needs a shake-up. And actually, um, a, a good friend of mine, someone who I'm sure you both know, Jim Kays, um, I heard him suggest uh, not so long ago that perhaps your traditional Saturday sport could perhaps move to a Wednesday afternoon. Now, I personally think that for a lot of parents, in particular in Auckland, who have challenges with not only you know work, obviously, um, but but they're so time poor that that having Saturday sport as well really does eat into family time, which is which is borderline non-existent now. And the idea that perhaps you know sport could be played on a Wednesday afternoon, I, I think that sort of idea is one that shouldn't be ignored personally. Lavina. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting topic. I, I guess I've changed with my maturity. Before I had kids, I was all about um, trying to breed um, champions and elite athletes and trying to find who that champion would be to create that brilliant team. And I know the Australian model is to create an institute of sport, get them nice and young, get them in there early and find out who the best are. And, that, and then I had kids and realised that the thing is with kids and sport is that it creates camaraderie between um, between friends and they learn to share with each other and they might not be a world champion, but they'll certainly enjoy the social aspect of sport that Andrew was just talking about. So I think one thing we do know is that kids are dropping off sport from year 11 onwards with a, a couple, two to three years to go in school. And the reason for that, I guess, is coming back on the back of the Rona, the fact that lots of um, teenage kids are really stimulated and interested in their phone as to what they are in sport. Um, the more kids that we have playing sport, the better it is. And, and the sports that my kids are into now, which is basketball, volleyball, um, hockey and water polo, they're not played on a Saturday morning. They're all played through the week. So I think um, asking the kids, the somebody here is a great idea to get their feedback. They don't often have time to get to the game, let alone train. So we could drop the training. We could have it after school or even during school hours and um, see if that gets more kids in sport. Because... The more kids that are playing sport, they're certainly not stuck at home on their phones, and that's got to be a good thing in general. So I think they're moving in the, the right direction, and we must realise that not everyone is going to be an absolute champion or represent their country, but they'll certainly get the social benefits out of playing sport, which is not just not, not being on your phone, but it's about creating friendships and support for each other and caring about each other and that camaraderie that kids really need in their teenage life. So I'm really glad they're looking into this at the moment. Uh, Lavina, you would like to uh, make mention of women's boxing. It's not a sport we talk about very often, and that's the very point you want to make because uh, you want to see it go further in, in, as far as the Olympics. Uh, you know, Madison's 
Square Garden just a few weeks ago had um, the first time ever that women's boxing was the lead bout. Um, Katie Taylor, the Irish boxer, was one of them. And I took an interest in it because I met her at the London Olympics, which was in 2012, and that was the first time ever that women were able to compete for a boxing medal at any Olympic Games. In fact, when it comes to Katie Taylor, who's an Irish boxer, she wasn't even allowed to box professionally in her country up until 14 15 years ago, so that's the first time that she was allowed to do it. So women's boxing, I think, has come a long way, and especially since it had that lead bout at Madison Square Garden. But the thing is, here in in New Zealand, and it's on the back of what we were talking about um, with kids playing sport and getting involved in sport, it's great to have them participating, which is fantastic, which is what we want. But every now and then you come across someone who is a champion that has, you know, a real bright spark in terms of the future of that sport. And I know that here in New Zealand we have some magnificent boxing coaches we have some tremendous gyms i'm just hoping we're nurturing some female boxers because if they're good enough to be the lead bout at madison square garden then i think if we find a couple of kids that are 12 or 13 that are technically impeccable that we can invest some money time resources into we'll have a gold medal champion at the brisbane olympics in 2032 and that's something i guess for not just boxing fans but sporting fans to get excited about so the only young girls that enjoy boxing or bashing up their younger brothers, I know a couple, then maybe we can invest some time and energy <laughs> into that aspect of women's boxing to see if we can create a champion. That's an interesting point, actually, Lavina And Gords, I'd be thinking if you look to create a, um, an environment where you've got this opportunity that you get away from one size fits all uh, with your young lads, uh, is boxing something you'd put them through, put them into a boxing academy just to see? Would you do that? Yeah, well, well, this is the thing, isn't it, Smithy? Like, they've got to have the options. And, and, and um, I suppose the, the thing, just based on what, what Levina's just said, that, that Katie Taylor um, and Amanda Serrano fight um, is so important uh, globally for women's boxing because, you know, you, you hear, hear that saying, if you, if you can see it, you can be it. And, and I think it's important that... Um, and credit to to those who actually put on that event. I think matchroom boxing were were pretty pretty big um, in, in putting on that that fight as well. Um, they they can clearly see an opportunity with women's boxing that they're pursuing for, from a commercial point of view. Um, but like I say, if you if you can see it or if you can't see it, you can't be it. Now that now that you can see it, you know I'm sure it would appeal to to some young women out there who think. Yeah, that's something that I could do. I want to give that a try. And then you've got to have, I suppose, the facilities, um, access to the facilities to be able to give it a go. And, and again, that comes back to what we were talking about previously. Kids want to have the chance to give lots of sports a go. You know, far gone are the days when, you know, you would, you would go to school and basically you're playing rugby in the winter and that's it. You know, there's, there's so many more... Um, opportunities now, I think, and, and credit to schools and, and sporting clubs, I suppose, for, for being able to provide access um, to different opportunities for kids. Um, but that has to continue, and they've got to keep sort of broadening their, their horizons with that, because there are some kids who, you know, I hate to say it, don't necessarily want to be an all-black or a black cat. They, they are interested in other sports, like volleyball, like, like boxing even, perhaps. But you've got to have the resources there, the, the facilities, to be able to give kids the opportunity to give it a go because who knows? They could be a world champion in the making, but if they don't have the chance to actually give it a go, we'll never know. Uh, Lavina, it wasn't that long ago that Steve Hansen uh, and a number of quite high-profile uh, people mooted the idea of a 12s rugby competition. 
It was poo-pooed by authorities on the basis that players had enough to worry about now. The top-end players were so committed, uh, you couldn't find a window for it. That was one of the big reasons. Now we find global rugby bosses are meeting in Dublin this weekend to discuss the nation's championship, um, <clears throat> which I would imagine puts more on those top-line players. Uh, do you see it eventuating? Will it happen? Uh, look, here's the thing. I think it's bullcrap, eh? Like, I wish they'd be so honest and transparent about it. I reckon it has nothing, almost nothing, to do with developing other nations. And that's what they're saying. It'll be a two-tiered competition. The second tier is all about developing nations. That is, we're not stupid. It's actually not true. It has more to do with helping, I guess, the financially struggling Southern Hemisphere nations that want to kind of join up with venture capitalists and try and make money, because it's always about money, Smitty. So be honest in the first place. We want to develop a new competition so that we can attract more interest and make more money. So first of all, you get a tick there for being honest. So I might be interested rather than being cynical. But I really just believe it'll put more pressure on players. That's why it was shut down in the first place. And it just kind of devalues the other competitions that, you know, in their own right are succeeding at the moment. So I know they're meeting again and they're hoping that the North and the South will all agree. What are you hoping to agree to? To make more money? Be honest about it. Be transparent. And I might consider it. But at this stage, when you're saying it's about developing other countries that are, are underdeveloped in world rugby, I know that's not true. So I'm not for it at all, buddy. Not at all. Okay, good. Yeah, well, we uh, we let our news bulletin with this last night on News Hub, Smithy. Um, this is obviously, I know you're talking about the 12s. I suppose that was kind of rugby's, um, well, thinly veiled attempt to sort of produce uh, a, an Indian Premier League style of competition, you know, big big contracts and whatnot for, for players. And, and obviously that didn't fly. I suppose what we're talking about here is the resurrection of the Nations Championship, which didn't get off the ground in 2019 because I think, um, among other things, primarily, I think the players looked at it and said, there's absolutely no way we can make this work. Now, now we were speaking to someone, and the reason we decided to lead our bulletin with it last night, we spoke to someone who was um, very close to these discussions and has been since 2019, and it sounds as though um, they've had a, a, a re-look at, at the potential models for this, and there's been some pretty tough standards set by, by the players and by all accounts, those standards uh, will be met with whatever model they go for. So basically now, and it sounds as though these meetings are going to take place in Dublin, and as opposed to previously where the Northern Hemisphere teams uh, or nations said, we're not into this at all, it sounds as though there's been quite the shift in that mentality that those Northern Hemisphere teams now see that uh, this is something that we need to do um, for, for the global game. Um, but you're right, Lavina. The, the, the fundamental issue here will be money. And what, what it's really up to now is for all these nations to get together and agree for a way forward, and then they're going to have to go to market and commercialise it because what they really need to do, and this is how it was put to us, they need to get a cheque that is so big that no one is will be prepared to walk away from this. It has to be in everyone's financial interest, from, from England right down to you know, your, your Romanias, your Spains and your Portugals. Like, it has to be something that will financially improve the situation for every nation, just not, not just those at the top. Um, but it sounds as though this is closer than ever before. Will it happen? I don't think, obviously, there's no guarantees in that regard, but it sounds as though there has been significant movement in this area. And I think, personally, we can expect um, to hear some news out of Dublin over the next few days um, that is a tentative 
uh, moving forward of this concept. Um, we won't have a definitive, but there will be a moving forward of this concept, I think. Okay, Andrew Gordy and Lavina Good have been our panellists this morning. Excellent as always. Excellent this morning. Uh, fantastic. For, for And thank you very much for your input, the pair of you. Great stuff. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.